Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome to the show. It's, uh, I don't know what, October something or other. Um, I lose track. Well, Tuesday, though, and my sister has joined us. And, of course, it's April 7th, which is uh, primary election day in uh, my home state of Wisconsin, uh, where Susan is, if she's there. Hi. Hi, I'm here. And isn't that amazing? I mean, I think it's amazing that it took Tony Evers as long as it did to declare his uh, executive order, which it's, you know, I mean, given the way Wisconsin politics are, I don't know that he had the executive power to exercise, but the Supreme Court, without a comment, just uh, overturned it and said, no, you got to have the election. Now, understand that. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sue, Sue, that was the state Supreme Wisconsin Court. Wisconsin Supreme Court, yes. But that's a whole other thing because the U.S. <laughs> Supreme Court doubled down. And because the big, the, the big um, race here, actually, aside from the presidential primary, is uh, at, for a Supreme Court seat. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, between a guy who is running the co- commercials that I have to tell you, as as someone that graduated from a a law school, uh, his his commercials are so um, dismissive of the seriousness of the position that he's running for, or even respect of the law. He's got his little girl saying, "My dad's smart," and he's looking at a book. My dad's a scholar, and he's sitting in a chair, and he goes, ah, Mayberry versus Madison, or Marbury versus Madison, which is like, boy, you know, I mean, it's just like if you went to law school, you were you you would hear something like, someday you'll learn about this case. It's like it's like someone who knows nothing about constitutional law says that, so that you think you know well, something about constitutional okay, law. Okay. I wanna I, I wanna look though at the the broader issue here, which is terrifying. Um, that what, we've all been the, disenfranchised in Wisconsin? Totally. Yeah. I mean, what the Supreme Court, the state and the U.S. Supreme Courts have done is disenfranchise the majority of Wisconsin voters who they have put in a position to either stay safe or vote. Right. Well, they That's either the they choice. have to they either have to ignore the order to stay at home. That's right. They have to defy the order to stay at home and 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 go vote as forced to uh by the court. Meanwhile, let's talk about where the, the hell they gonna, what, where the hell yeah, are the last... they going to where the hell are they going to vote because Poll Green workers, Bay 31 polling places, Lynn, 31 polling places. The last time I looked, they thought maybe they could get four staffed. So there was a big push last week for people to get um, absentee ballots, but uh, they haven't fulfilled them and the post office no. hasn't delivered Go them. On. The good news is his mother got hers. I don't know how. And we voted, she voted, and uh, we got it back to the post office in ample time last yeah, week. Yeah, but she is, a, that's a, that is not the norm. It's one vote. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't, this is an extraordinary outrage 
Uh, I just want to read some of what uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said. In, of course, a 5-4 ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, and that the U.S. Supreme Court said, overturned, overruled another federal court who had said, we, you will have an extra week to get your your uh, written ballots your ba- mailed ballots uh, counted. And that's what the U.S. Supreme Court said, oh, no, you won't. And oh, for heaven's sake. So, so it was a 5-4 ruling. Here is Ginsburg. Um, the question here is whether tens of thousands of Wisconsin citizens can vote safely in the midst of a pandemic with the majorities and she's talking about the five Republicans on the Supreme Court, with the majority stay in place, that will not be possible. Either the Wisconsin voters will have to brave the polls, endangering their own and others' safety, or they will lose their right to vote through no fault of their own. That is a matter of utmost importance to the constitutional rights of Wisconsin citizens, the integrity of the state's election process, and in this most extraordinary time, the health of the nation. And she goes on to say this will result in massive disenfranchisement. A voter cannot deliver for postmarking a ballot she has never received. Yet tens of thousands of voters who timely requested ballots are unlikely to receive them by April 7th. And thus, now the U.S. Supreme Court is saying even if they were to get the ballot today, they couldn't return it. They can't return it in time. So I... I have I, to tell I you. I can't say that this, after the fact, that this election can't be contested. I mean, on exactly those grounds, they might feel that somehow they they aren't allowed to overturn it, uh, to 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 get rid of it uh, in advance. But when they see the results, which is that they've disenfranchised everybody, and a, and and by the way, in a purely political move. I mean, states are doing this to get rid of abortion. They're doing this to to load our Supreme Court. They're doing, it is really, you know, it's enough to, it's really at a point where I'm getting uh, extraordinary. I'm beginning to understand revolution. Yeah. Well, um, here's the thing. Wisconsin, by holding this thing today, is the only state since this pandemic began that is forcing its its voters to risk their lives and its poll workers to risk their lives to vote. Every other state has postponed or made very liberal kinds of uh, mail balloting possible. But as we know, Republicans love voter suppression, and this is a gift to them. You have even the president of the United States flat out saying on Fox News uh, the other day, complaining about some of the stuff the Democrats had wanted in uh, 
the measures to, uh, you know, to help during the pandemic. And he said, I mean, they had levels of voting stuff. In other words, they were saying we have to make uh, we have to make it easier for people to vote by mail. He said, if you had ever agreed to it, you'd never have a Republican elected in this country again. And there are a lot of Republicans like Trump who are quite open about this. That's why they want to suppress votes, because if right. they don't, they don't Democrats. win. Right. They don't win. They only so can to, win by yeah. keeping people from voting. And I have to tell you, now we all need to be aware the fact that this has happened today in Wisconsin is a dress rehearsal by Republicans for the rest of the country. I agree for the national election in November. Yep. And we now know where the Supreme Court's going to be. We won't have the court. No, nope. um, they are going to collude in stealing the election for Trump. That's what we just saw today. I think it's, uh, yeah, well, Susan, you're right to be uh, terrified or feeling revolutionary. Uh, the fact is this virus may still be a problem in November, and that is why or any, it might be a problem again. Yes, it, there might be a, and then a surge uh, as the weather, uh, you know, as the winter comes on. Um, I, I don't. You know, I don't know what in uh, heaven's name um, Americans can tolerate in with this. I mean, this is intolerable. You have the Republican Party now willing to endanger people's lives so long as it gives them a better chance of of keeping power. This decision by the U.S. Supreme Court and the state, these are Republican-controlled courts, um, is unconscionable. It's extraordinarily uh, destructive. Well, it's obviously political. It's destructive of the very bedrock of democracy, which is one vote for each person. And so, politicizing the court and having a court act not as a court, but as an extension of a political party. This is, I mean, that is in and of itself a kicking out the third wheel of the stool, the third leg of the stool. And you wonder, and you wonder why, as we speak, Mitch McConnell continues to ram through more unqualified, young, barely out of diapers, white male Republicans to take over the entire judiciary. Republicans fight on every front. They have to. They have to be as fierce as they are because they don't have the votes. So they've had to politicize the courts. They've had to pack the courts. They've had to suppress your ability to cast a vote. 
it's, I am so stunned by this. I woke up to this morning and the first thing I saw was the Supreme Court decision, the federal court. Yeah. And I, it was like somebody slugged me in the gut. <clears throat> I can't believe it. So anyone who thinks John Roberts is going to somehow rise to the occasion, there can be no, no, uh, no understanding of what just happened in any other way than this is a totally politicized court that ruled so that Republicans can win. Uh, the fact that the Robert court could not find some form of compromise here in the midst of this unprecedented situation. Yeah, I mean, how how revolutionary is it to say, no, we should hold fair elections and this can't possibly be a fair election? Because of the pandemic. You can't right. have a governor of the state telling people they're supposed to stay home. And you then can't tell have, them you, you can't have, have no polling places. There you are can't have no with, polling places. Yeah, there are cities that have none. down to four in yeah. one place in right. Green Bay. Thirty-one polling places down to four because Which they means, don't have. Stop and think what that means. That means that there are crowds trying to vote. That is correct. This or people deciding, no, it's not worth it. No, yeah, and exactly. that's what the Republicans are hoping. No, it's not worth it. And you know what? They're they're doing this. They're pulling out all the stops. They already have an unassailable majority on the state supreme court. They just want to make. I think it's a what is? I, I, they already have a majority on the court. They've this, got their boots on our necks, and now they want to stomp on our face. That's what they're doing. It's just unbelievable. I mean, yeah, it is. I, it's not. It's not. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here composing letters to the Green Bay Press Gazette. <laughs> well, I, I mean, uh, um. The two people that are behind this, just so you know their names, they shall live in ignominy, uh, are the head of the Wisconsin State Senate and the head of the Wisconsin State Assembly. Uh, they have stripped the governor of much of his ability to function as an executive, and this is the Senate Majority Leader is a guy named Scott Fitzgerald, and the Assembly Speaker is Robin Voss. And these two are the most. I've often said that Bile. Republicans are shameless. They are the arguments they are making. How can you argue their side? There's a fucking pandemic. No other state in the country has gone ahead. There's a stay-at-home order. Poll workers aren't showing up. The polls are closed down. And these two keep, as do all these Republican organizations that are behind the appeals to, the, to both the state court and the, um, and the federal court. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, they rig elections, they steal your vote whilst pointing at Democrats and screaming fraud. 
I mean, that's the playbook. They've been doing it for a while now, but this is just so blatant. They steal your vote. They repress your vote. They make it impossible to vote without literally risking your life. And then they're going to point at some Democrat and scream election fraud. Incredible. And that's what they were arguing here, that Evers was committing fraud, you know, by, by moving that's the, the governor. Day. Just so people yeah. – that Evers is the Wisconsin governor who has been emasculated uh, from the time he won – you know, he, the, the eve the eve of his elections, the uh, Republican state house cut off his testicles. You're right. They have, they just changed all the laws that gave him any power at all, and they have the state supreme court to uh, sign off on every every single thing they did. Um, this and then course, they have the gall to run these commercials sitting around. Looking, acting, gloating like big, awful, white, male, fat cats that they are. It's just so disgusting. It really does move one to violence. It does. It makes me violently angry. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the head of the Wisconsin Democratic Party um, is feeling the same. He said, I am about to explode. He said, the Supreme Court of the United States legislating from the bench today, following Trump team's orders and writing a new election law to disenfranchise untold thousands of voters and consign an unknown number of Wisconsin voters to their deaths. Unbelievable. I mean, talk about a poll tax, folks. Talk about a poll tax. (laughs) It just might cost you your life. Go ahead, vote. It might just cost you your life. Go ahead, vote. I could not believe that I couldn't go before a court and argue this on, you know, I know exactly that. How did they lose that? It's a poll tax. Now, here's your what I want to know. life is a poll tax. Susan, Susan. Stop screaming. You have to stop screaming. I'm very angry. I know. I can tell. But how did they even have arguments before the court on this? This was they didn't. Am- so they just, a brief was, I, I mean, A brief was submitted stuff. and they ruled. The time is of the essence. This is what they do. Incredible. <sighs> Although I don't know why they should decide time is of the essence now when it's clearly not of the essence all day to day. Incredible. Um, I, I, I am just whatever. I, I, I can't believe this. Let's. Uh, okay, I don't know what else to say about it. Let's just. Move on. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's move on to the next out, outrage and horror. Wait, I do actually have some good news, um, uh, and I'm I'm going to get my friend, whose uh, auto insurance company 
got in touch. And that's all state. They told all of their, their, um, what do you call them? All of their insurees that they are uh, reducing everybody's rates by 15% for the next months. And also offering an increase in online and, fi- and financial, uh, you know, free identity protection. They are also extending auto insurance coverage uh, to people who are doing deliveries, who are not normally, you know, commercial drivers. But uh, they say in this time when so many neighbors are helping deliver vital supplies, we're extending coverage for customers who use their personal vehicles to commercially deliver food, medicine, and other and other stuff. They also tell people um, how to delay payments without penalty. Um, they they have gone out of their way. There's one other insurance company that has done this, and that is American Family Insurance. Um, and American Family is sending all of its customers $50 for each vehicle they have on there. And the reason is, guys, these insurance... You aren't driving. No one's You're driving. You're using your insurance. Right. Right, right. And so they're, get, they're not having claims. Put it. So they're got they're, they're making they're seeing money pile up, and I want to credit these two, Allstate and a uh, and American Family are the first two to step up and say, this is not for us to keep. We're going to um to you know to return for what relief right. we can. Um, meanwhile, and I, I just want to say this, uh, companies. Uh, because these two have come out and done that, now reporters obviously have gone to other insurers and, and why said, aren't they? Right? Why aren't they? And you get these uh, from Progressive. Well, uh, we are exploring how uh, best to yeah, we can spend it. more money on yeah. advertising. Uh, State yeah. Farm is we are uh, exploring. They're they're exploring too. Progressive and State Farm is exploring. Others were even vaguer. Liberty Mutual is uh, continually evalu- evaluating. Um, travelers, uh, uh, we are uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, farmers, Geico, Chubb. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So here's what um, an article in the business section of the New York Times says today. If you are a customer of any of these, and obviously most uh, insurers who uh, who have not gotten in touch with you and done the same, then you need to call them. Yeah, and they they are going to we're all going to call our insurers. Yep, and understand that this coronavirus pandemic should not be a windfall to them or anybody. And and by the way, lest anybody think that this idea is somehow um, uh, new or not even in many states codified, uh, years ago when I lived in Missouri, if my health insurance company at that time, uh, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, they if they didn't 
um, have to spend in costs X percentage of what they collected in premiums, they were required by law to proportionately return premiums. So some years I would get a check for like $800 that I wasn't expecting. Nice. Well, that so doesn't happen I'm just saying that this is not a new idea. No. No. It is designed to keep insurance companies from making undue profits, not profits, just undue profits. Well, and, I'm going to call my, you know what? I'm calling yeah. my insurer and I'm telling him, and if you don't, Within the next week, take the action. I'm going to Allstate. And screw you. Yep. So, um, the, um, the tirade unleashed by the acting Navy secretary <gasps> is... And those poor soldiers for loving their captain. Sailors. Oh. Sailors. <laughs> Do you know that this friggin' acting Navy secretary was in such a rage that he literally flew, what is it, 6,000 miles, 8,000 miles to Guam, storms onto the ship, grabs a microphone, and starts swearing and berating these sailors. Mm Mm-hmm. And here's some of what now he's, he's made did. himself look. I just, I just want to say before you make it really clear, now he's made himself look like an asshole twice. Yeah, he told the sailors, "Get your shit together." If the ship was in combat and there were hypersonic missiles coming at it, you'd be pretty fucking scared too. What? So he suggested they were cowards, that they were scared. He, uh, he told them they were not allowed to speak to the media because the media has a political agenda to embarrass the president and the Navy. This is what happens when you have all these acting heads of huge institutions that are all about our national security, who have no credentials whatsoever for the jobs they hold. Or respect for the service that they represent. I mean, I just, do you remember our father ever spending large amounts of time talking about his war experience? No, not until the end of his life. Yeah. No, no. But how many times did you hear him talk about the captain of his ship a lot always whom did he name his firstborn son after yeah among others the captain of his ship ian mcpherson yes my brother's middle name is ian and i and i just want to say that that captain had uh you know clearly I mean, you could see it, as they say in the law, the thing damn well spoke for itself. Itself, yeah. That captain had the love and respect of his soul, of his sailors, and he and who would have done whatever he told them to do because they knew that he had only their best interest at heart, and that his job was to make sure they all came home alive. And that's what our father always said. 
that captain of his didn't lose one soul the whole war. And my father remembered that to his dying day with this naval, uh, this acting naval secretary is doing is demonstrating his fundamental lack of understanding of how the goddamn system works. Now, as he was speaking, this is over the public address system, so the sailors all over the this vast, huge uh, ship are, are listening to this, and they're listening in disbelief. You can, there is a recording that someone got of this, and you can hear in the background so it had to be pretty loud to pick up on the on the. You can hear sailors jeering during this guy's speech, and shouting, and screaming things at him. Um, afterwards, one crew member uh, texted his family and said, "This, all of our jaws are on the floor." right now he the acting navy secretary he just made this situation a billion times worse this is keystone cops playing out during a That's global right. this crisis i got upset that his decisive action was met with scorn and horror by the way, th- and yeah. disgust. Yeah, this guy, by the way, was a major donor to Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, that's how he always got. He was. I gave my money. You're supposed to bow down and kiss my ring. He sees his job as only protecting Donald Trump, not sailors. Donald Trump, and he was worried. What freaked him out? Why he jumped on a plane and went and did this? is because this situation, the, the, what got him was exactly the fact that the sailors cheered right. their, departing, their departing captain. And he wanted to go and tell these sailors that they had done something outrageous by doing that. Um, because it wasn't playing well in the White House. Right. And all of these people live in terror of incurring the wrath of the orange monster. Because we know what he does when he's unhappy. This is another thing I haven't even gotten around to or had time to talk about. The fact that even as, you know, 10,000 plus Americans have now died. Uh, the president is busy settling scores. Right. He fired the inspector general. general. He fires the, the inspector general who doing who was his appointee, by the way. And was and only doing exactly his job. Doing his job. The president has to, when he does such a thing with an inspector general, has to inform the Congress by letter, which is what he did. And he said to the Congress, I no longer have confidence in Michael Atkinson. 
And of course, the reason he doesn't have confidence is because Michael Atkinson doing exactly what his job required him to do, reported the whistleblower camp complaint about Trump's call to Ukraine and um, did his job in so doing. So he's been fired for doing his job. Every other inspector general of every other, um, you know, what a cabinet post, like there's one in justice, there's one in interior, they all have these inspector generals. Uh, Michael Horowitz, who is the inspector general of the Department of Justice, immediately went out on a limb, I suppose he'll be next to go, to vouch for the fired Atkinson, praising his integrity, praising his handling of the whistleblower. And he also went on to say, that's why he's going to be toast, the inspector general community, because there are a lot of them, will continue to conduct aggressive, independent oversight. Well, he's going to be a goner. Yeah. Let's, also, let's, uh, Trump. Let's, we, could, we could start a little, uh, you know, yeah. betting on on we can all pick dates. You know? So the way the, the law works is once the president does this to somebody and sends this letter to Congress, that person then loses their job 30 days from the date in which the letter arrived at Congress. But guess what? Let's see. Trump is not allowed by an armed guard that day. That that is correct. The president refused to. He just does whatever he wants. He undercut that law by putting Atkinson on immediate administrative leave and having him taken out of the building. Let's talk about another inspector general. This one's a special. He likes them to take perp walks. I mean, you know, these are all so that he doesn't have to take a perp walk. Let me do another, Susan. This one is even more horrifying. I don't know what's more horrifying. Oh, good. There's another uh, inspector general in the news. Uh, We have to know this name, Brian Miller. Now, he has not been nominated. He is going, he is who Trump intends to put in the position of special inspector general to oversee the $2 trillion coronavirus relief package. This guy... That, I mean, that is so ripe for outright fraud, corruption, for Trump, his family, his friends, his donors, and other people to get hunks of that money, which is intended to relieve the suffering of the American people. Right. And the Congress, so aware, if you give $2 trillion to this friggin' White House, they're going to make off with a whole bunch of it. So they, the legislation says there will be a special inspector general 
who will oversee these funds, the dispersing of these funds. Brian Miller, who Trump wants in that position, is one of Trump's lawyers. And he was part and parcel of the, uh, you know, impeachment thing. He also, one Senate Republican Senate staff member, so thought Miller was extraordinary. He said, his loyalty is a quote, his loyalty to this administration is why he is such a great choice. Excuse me. That is why he is the exactly wrong choice. An inspector general is not to be loyal. <laughs> Loyalty has nothing to do with what an inspector general's job is. Lynn, 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 why are you being rational? That was, I, in, that was in the olden days. Okay, so listen to this. Uh, it is likely that, yes, we, you are going to see, and these things never make the news. Well, that's an inspector. And, and, and because the news is obviously, you know, virus, virus, virus. So while all of our attention is on virus, 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 and just staying alive, Trump and his people are continuing to undermine all the checks and balances, all of the, the, the things that have been placed in our, in our governance, in our structure, that keeps this from becoming an authoritarian government. We now have a president who will fire every inspector general he can get his hands on. All he has to do is not have confidence in them. Who's going to stop him? And he thinks they're all deep state. And because they are not loyal to him. You know, in times of crisis, democracies are at risk. In times of crisis, we give leaders more power. And sometimes it's hard after the crisis passes to take that power back. And you're seeing that now. Um, well, in Hungary, that absolutely just happened. Uh, that used to be a democracy after the fall of the uh, you know, Iron Curtain. And it has now turned into a flat-out autocracy. Um, and Viktor Orban, who is now the autocrat of um, this so-called democracy, is somebody that Donald Trump has praised to the skies. Orban has unlimited authority. He took over the judicial system. That was the first thing he did, just as the Trump-McConnell administration has been doing. And then, they went at, then he went after the media and eviscerated it. So you get rid of all of the checks on what the government, in this case, the executive can do. Um, we are on a very dangerous road here. And now you've got our Supreme Court taking the right 
to vote unless they, you want to risk your health and the health of others away from the citizens of one state, just one. But if you think there won't be more, my God. I'm just, Susan's done screaming. She's now silent. I am. I'm, you know, well, now I'm just, you know, unhappy. Yeah. Oh, and um, and uh, we need to say goodbye to Stephanie Grisham. Do yeah, I see you? that. The, the White House, yes, I do know. <laughs> Stephanie Grisham is the White House press secretary who you don't know because she never held a press a conference. A press conference. So what did she do to upset him? Oh, I don't think she does. Who knows? They want to get some other who knows what. Who knows? Who knows? I think she's going back to the other, the East Wing, because uh, she was still serving as a Melania's uh, spokesperson. Uh, it's unbelievable. We have a caller. Uh, hello? Hello, Lynn. Hello, yes. Lynn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good morning to you both. Yeah, I think you need to amend your statement because the Republican Party is the crisis that our democracy faces. It's yeah. the crisis our democracy was facing prior, during, yeah. and uh, heaven willing, after this pandemic passes, as, as shown by their unconscionable actions in Wisconsin and the Supreme Court majority's unconscionable action yesterday. Uh, they're committed to ruling our nation as a minority party. The, you know, the jig is up. The, they are a minority out. party. Stop and, yeah. stop and think about that. They have not garnered a uh, majority of votes of American citizens in a national election for how I mean, you got to start counting back because uh, Trump certainly d- didn't get that majority vote. Uh, George W. Bush didn't get the majority vote, right? They they get to hold the power of our government when most Americans vote for the other party. For, forget even the presidency. Look at how many more votes. Uh, Democratic senators receive every six years. Look at how, I mean, you know, well, every two years, but, um, you know, per term. Look look at yes. how many more millions of votes uh, Democratic Congress people receive. Look at that the is situation true. here in Pennsylvania. Right. This is the gerrymandering trick that they do. It's, um, and they're no. willing to go to just about any length, any length, to preserve this. And as far as the Supreme Court goes, that's why it's an absolute imperative that whenever, if ever, we have the chance to add two seats to the court and put two more Democratic nominees on, it must be done. It has to be done. This idea that the Supreme Court can't be politicized, it's already been politicized. Ask Merrick Garland if it's been politicized. Our Supreme Court is illegitimate. It's an illegitimate court. First of all, you have two perjurers on the court. 
um, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah. unqualified anyway. He was he was what the, he was what the GOP always rails against: a token minority hire. And that's yep. the absolute truth. He was not quite. He's not qualified to be on. Well, I don't know. You know, was. I remember George H. W. Bush, who um, who put Clarence Thomas on the court, firmly stating at the time that this man is by far the most qualified person available. It was a joke, an early example of GOP gaslighting. A joke. It was a joke. He wasn't even known in, 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 in elite judicial circles. Had no reputation to justify the appointment. No, and he then, was part of Danforth's staff, I think. Correct. Then you, then you have, like I said, you have the stolen seat, Garland's stolen seat, occupied by, by Gorsuch. Then you have Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. It's another the other per- perjurer. Another perjurer. Yeah. And I don't just mean perjurer. He simply perjured himself uh, in his uh, prevarications about his youthful antics. He, 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 lied, about, he lied about uh, um, his uh, involvement in, in, um, in um, improperly um, um, it's in, in essentially stolen uh, Democratic Nancy emails. Uh, he wouldn't, was not willing to answer questions about his finances. That are well, certainly let's be clear. He lied about his intention to be an impartial juror, well, an impartial uh, jurist. Well, so did Roberts. Yeah. So did Alito. So they all lied about that. God. And it's Damn. absolutely clear that they've been acting in subservience to, to the wishes of the uh, of the uh, of the Trump administration. I mean, Son, uh, Sonia Sotomayor was absolutely correct in her statement about that recently. I mean, it was extraordinary for her to do that, extraordinary. But she was absolutely correct. You know, the willingness to simply you know stay lower court decisions because it complies with the Trump administration's wishes. You know, without precedent, with, with, without any compelling argument whatsoever. We already have a hijack. And, and like, as I said, look at the composition of the court. They're ruling as minority party. That's their yeah. intent. They're, yeah. willing put, they're willing to put the uh, Wisconsin voters' health at risk, their lives at risk, to rule as a minority party. They'll kill people left and right to get. I mean, look, there, yeah. it's it's quite clear. It's it's all quite clear now. But I I just hope people are paying attention. And I have to tell you, I am worried now. I'm worried about the national election. I'm worrying again. I thought for sure that no American in their right mind. So we'll assume that's it. Well. No, so now we're just going to have to redouble our efforts, and and we know exactly how dirty they are, and we have to, we we have to show up, and if that means, you know, everybody, I don't know, we have to figure out a way to make sure that we are allowed to vote, even if that means everybody asks for an absentee ballot. You know, you've got to figure that some of what's going on with Wisconsin is them doing a sort of test run, run to make run. sure to make sure they can hold Wisconsin for Trump. Absolutely. Because Michigan Absolutely. and it's Pennsylvania trial. are looking a little iffy. Yeah, well, they look showed at, their hand, and I'm here now, and yeah. I'm noisy. Look, look, at, look, <laughs> at, 
look at look at their state look at the statements of the of Trump and the Georgia governor that you know yes. if, if more yes. people are allowed to vote by mail yeah we can't win patient will lose yeah they flat out you know they, they flat out say it gave away the game they flat the out game. say it right we can't let you people vote we have to make it extremely difficult for you to vote because otherwise we can't win. The president as yeah. much as said it on Fox News the other day. A number of Republicans have said that, in, sometimes when they think no one's listening, but other times just flat out right there. And anybody who can vote for any Republican now is... Lynn, Lynn, but let me tell I you something, guess. Lynn. I mean, first of all, there are people who... Because I, I actually, I actually partake of right wing media, all right, to to, to do opposition research. A bit, yeah, I know right? your enemy. Not officially, right. but there are people who are going to vote their bigotry. There are going to people who vote their absolute ignorance. There are people who are going to vote their lunacy. I mean, and by lunacy, I don't just mean the fringe conspiracy theorists, although there are plenty of those on the right. I'm sorry, American Christianity. The, the, the evangelicals and the and the and, and the um, fundamental fundamentalists they're they're lunatics at this point. Now a lot of them are just grifters like Trump. A lot of them are just con men, and they're and they're just fleecing and taking advantage of the poor dupes and rubes. But many of them are absolute kooks and fools. You know they they bought into this. Well, I'm sorry, they bought into this. They live in a fantasy land, an absolute fantasy land. There's no other word for it. All no. right. Okay. Hey, John. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you go. It's just occurred to me that you, <laughs> you, Susan, and me, our voices. <laughs> have to a hole, no, you know, and not only that. It's just that our voices are all like. <laughs> I mean, and and yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Thank you for yelling after me. It makes me feel better. I think what set me off, what set me off, and we didn't even get to it, is, uh, and, I, and I, I couldn't even stomach watching it, but just reading Jared Kushner's. Oh no! Don't, uh, yeah, don't don't go there, please, please. Turning on his on how the federal stockpile does not belong to any of us. Yeah, I, it's his, I guess. Well, okay, to him and Ivanka. Yes, I guess so. Okay, John, take a deep breath. We're all going to join you in that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Oh, dear God in heaven. Hey, I'm going to make it just a little less, okay, fraught, just for a minute. Um, so it's interesting watching TV now. I generally don't watch anything that has commercials, but every once in a while I find myself watching and it was interesting over the last weekend, I'd say Friday, Saturday, I started to see it, the new commercials that uh, people are trotting out, specifically because we are living in these extraordinary times. And it, it isn't easy for them to do this, um, you know, so quickly, um, but they they are. And... Um, you know, I I just started making notes of some I saw on on Saturday, um, Domino's Pizza, and they were they were saying contactless delivery from Domino's. 
you know, that makes, okay. And then um, uh, Sprint saying, we want you to stay safe. You stay home. And Hyundai, I swear I heard this, we'll cover your payments in case you lose your job due to COVID-19. Do you think they really said that or did I get that wrong? We'll cover your payments in case you lose your job due to the coronavirus. Mm. Wow. And um, we have another caller. Let's hope this caller is not in the distraught state that everybody else is. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) caller. Are you there? Hello, Lynn Cullen. Hello, Sister Susan. Hey, hi. Um, I have first a quick uh, question for Susan. I'm not sure if I missed the episode when you explained this, but I was wondering how you and your mom and your dog got back from California to where you are now. Did you drive? Some of the dog drove my car. (laughs) The dog drove. Was it like a dog Tesla? (laughs) (laughs) The dog was driven, and my Uh, mom and Susan flew. Flew. And I kept oh, okay. and I and 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 the and I had a moving date. You know, I was trying to figure out the optimum time to uh, get us out of there. We had been sheltering in place in California for almost, you know, uh, you know, two and a half, three weeks before we got out of there. But I think you uh, mentioned it was longer than you wanted. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, you it, it was just uh, uh, the all of my original plans fell through, so I had to get different people to drive my car and who were and you know who were willing to do that and you know and take, her, and take her insane dog with them. Well, they well, fell see, in love with the, my dog. Everybody falls in love with my dog on the road trip because <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> he is insane, however. Um, <laughs> He Everybody is. says that about their favorite kid. No, I am truly his. I am his. I am his human support person. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> but no, we're all. We all got here, and I. And I will tell you. Thank you for asking. Um, that uh, that that feeling of uh, misery that lived in my stomach for a solid month, wondering how I was going to do this and whether we'd be okay. And how scary it was going to be uh, when I um, was reunited with the dog and car the day after Mother and I got to Chicago, and we were in that car driving on to Green Bay. I felt that feeling in my stomach just dissolve, and um, we have been happily, safely, healthily here ever since. So, wow! wow. But well, congratulations. Yeah, you know, Congratulations yes. for coordinating all that like a, a wartime president. Yeah, I well, yeah, well let me tell you, and something you, like that. Get a dog from California to uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, 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 and you know, and I really have rules. I won't put him on an airplane, you know, either in a seat right. or underneath. Uh, for all sorts of reasons, so it, it, it had to be this way. But it um, it all worked out well, and the and the wonderful people. It's actually uh, my my daughter's uh, new family. 
members thereof from her husband's side. Um, we're thrilled to do it, you know. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Unbelievable. Hey, you know, um, now more than ever, we're all in this together. <laughs> yeah. I hate all those cliches. Now more than ever. No, but I do think that they it, did it. True. They, yeah. yeah. No, I do think they did it as a very warm and generous and and wonderful thing to do. The fact that it ended up being helpful for them and members of their family and for me and it all went well is icing on the cake. But their willing at, willingness to do this for me does not go unnoticed. Well, that <laughs> is a fantastic story in these times, and I'm glad that I could uh, get the uh, fill in there in my head what, how, how you got from uh Yeah, there people are to- good. Mm, yeah, people are great. Okay. Did like, you have another thing? Well, Michael, is that it? No, I'll let you go. But I did have one thing. It was so funny last week you were uh, talking about how the commercials on TV seem so dated. Because yeah. they're like, hey, let's go out to Applebee's uh, whatever. <laughs> but now it's really weird that they have changed, and especially yes. the evil ones like the religious people that are saying, hey, call this number and uh, we'll give you salvation and we'll help you out. And, you know, those scamsters. And what's also funny is like big corporations like BP Oil has a commercial on saying, we're looking out for you during this virus. We're (laughs) British Petroleum or whoever they are now. I don't even think they're British Petroleum, but they're still called BP. But whatever. It's so weird to see them twist now with these. And you know what? I've had a Hyundai. I have a 2004 Hyundai. And I've always liked Hyundai as a a company. I mean, I hardly ever drive it. I just turned over 15,000 miles on it since 2004. So you can do the math. Are you kidding me? But look, I love this. I've had a Hyundai before that, before I got totaled. But uh, long story short is that I've always been a fan of Hyundai, and I actually do believe they might do that. But see, it's all a big scam because they're, they want to get you in it, uh, in the long run. You know, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, well, we'll forgive your payments now, but when they come due, we're going to uh, <laughs> break your kneecaps, right? <laughs> I'm serious. Wait a minute. 2004, you said. Was it no, a new This is why he likes Hyundai because he doesn't drive. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I have a 2004 Hyundai Elantra. That you got? 15 years old, and it's got 15,000 miles on it. You do the math. Yeah, it's about 1,000 miles uh, my year. Yeah. Oh, Every time I get it inspected, <laughs> the guy's like, wow, do you want to sell this? It's worth way more to me now than uh, <laughs> Well, just driven by a little old lady back and forth from church on Sundays. Pretty much. Well, I can walk to church here in Polish Hill, but I only drive it to the um, Shursay, which is now, I think, called uh, uh, IGA or whatever it's called. Just the, just the Bloomfield grocery shops and then back so I, so I don't have to carry all the bags. But other than that, yeah, just the airport once in a while. Otherwise, I just get an Uber any place, you know. I don't... Uh, Okay, you. You're an odd one. <laughs> thank, thank you, Michael. It's right, always good too. to hear from you. Okay, you bye. Aren't that odd. Yeah, right, the ballad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ballad bye. of Ernie Nutzel. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> um, okay, wait. I've got. It, I think there's another caller. Can we get to that caller? Hello. 
Hi, Lance. Hey. Uh, Lance Lawrenceville. How are you? Hi. Hey. Um, before I before I say what I called to say, I, I vote for Michael as my favorite caller. So I, we, okay. I'm start <laughs> this so, Michael, so, Michael, Michael from the Cynics, Michael Apollo yeah, Hill. Yes. Okay. Because Michael in DC right now has got a lot of votes. Michael in DC, and by the and by the way, wait a minute. I do have somebody writing, haven't heard Clarence, who's another popular caller in a long time. Is he okay? And the answer is yes, he is okay. He has been heard from, and he's just been very busy helping a friend uh, during the day. Okay? So Clar- don't worry about Clarence. on my mind as well, yeah. Okay, so what's up? Hey, listen, uh, we were told, we were warned, I, I believe, in 1992, by Pat Buchanan, that this is a culture war, right? That's yeah. that's what's yeah. going on. It's not, yeah. And with all due respect to John, your caller John, and, and and such, this is not an intellectual battle that's going on. We're, mm-hmm. we're not going to we're not going to argue and reason. That's not what's going on. They are they are swallowing, you know, horrible uh, men like Donald Trump, taking him in because they. That the other side has a moral imperative yeah. in their mind, yeah, and and dismissing them as being stupid, ignorant, foolish, crazy—that's not—that's not helpful. Um, I think your brother's book. I keep saying this that his book on disgust opened my eyes to what how they look at us. Yeah. We disgust them. Yeah. We are an infection. We are a coronavirus. Yeah. And they, they can justify in their minds any action as long as it has this moral imperative. So we, we, have, to, you know, we have to retool our battles, not to be, you know, not, I don't mean to be dismissive about it, but not just long arguments full of logical uh, flowcharts, but... You know, we we need to get emotional about this. We need to have our moral imperative uh, driving us. And I, I just I just don't think this is this is as simple as stupid people, smart people. That's not what's going on. Pat Buchanan warned us. You know, and that villain I think is still alive. He is such an awful human being. Awful, awful. I had a there's a doctor in um, Pittsburgh who was my doctor for a while, who lived next door to Pat Buchanan when they were kids, when they were kids, they grew up together. And he told me that Pat Buchanan was the most awful kid in the universe. He was also then an anti-Semite because this doctor was a Jew and Buchanan would you know, just constantly, constantly uh, say anti-Semitic things to him. He is just vile. Yeah, I do think he's uh, he's still alive. Some people, you know. Last, yeah, go ahead. One last thing that I, I've said this years ago, and it, it, it's complicated, but if you can, if, there's a pathological eschatology. Okay, that means the end times for these fundamentalists. The end times are things they. It's something they do pray for to come. You know, yes. they want the end times. Right. And it's, 
not so much an intellectual thing, but it's deep in their psyche because they were raised with the Book of Revelations more than, than Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They want the conflagration. They want the war so that their side wins forever. So, you know, this is a very strange, strange group of people we're dealing with. And you are saying that we're just not recognizing where they're coming from. We're trying to argue with someone. Yeah, which you can't. Trying to talk them out of beating us with a bat. You're not going to talk them out of it. We're not yeah. going to simply scratch our heads and wonder how could they be so stupid to, to have Donald Trump, who represents everything that they don't. Well, he's, he's their Paul on the road to Damascus. He's an imperfect vessel for a perfect message. They're willing to accept Donald Trump because he will bring about their ultimate final victory, right? Yeah. And it's scary. But well, they're not stupid. They're not stupid or uninformed or un. Thank they, you. They have, their, they have their own rationale. Thank you. Thank you. Great call. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Um, okay. And I Patrick just Buchanan is still alive. Yeah, he, he is. Described as a paleoconservative. What's that, a dinosaur? Well, he he is. He's a knuckle-dragging, and he's not stupid. Uh, just, uh, you know, mirroring what the caller said. Um, just want to catch up here with some emails. Um, uh, Gigi's telling us, uh, this is just a reminder that tonight at 8, uh, some of you might not know this, is uh, the Pittsburgh Illumination Ovation, and it's intended to thank all of the essential workers who are, you know, keeping this, us going. Um, part, what, people are being asked to turn on their indoor lights, all their lights, indoor, outdoor, at 8 p.m., and, uh, you know, weather permitting, go outside and applaud. Um, I think I'll stay in, but I'll turn all my lights on if we could just illuminate the city. That would be neat. So that's at 8 o'clock tonight if you want to do that. Um, uh, I have the new uh, – it's always – wait, hang on. Uh, little Tony writes, I second that caller. Michael in Polish Hill is a great caller. I always enjoy listening when he calls. You guys had me so depressed. <laughs> Disgusting, <laughs> discussing the great evil going on in our country, and Michael made me smile again. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I went full throttle, depressing, depressing but this Wisconsin thing. Yeah, uh, clearly, waking up in Wisconsin this morning. Yeah, was it just clearly just set us, mm -hmm. uh, set us off. Mm -hmm. um, also, I, Jeff says... Um, when life uh, begins to return normal again and you are able to return to the city paper, please consider not doing that and continuing to do your show from home. Uh, the technical quality is so much better. The volume levels of your callers are so much better. Even on three-way discussions between you and Susan and a caller, the volume level is just consistent, and we don't mind your dog in the background. Also, you seem to be more at ease. You know what? I, I hear you because for the first time, I'm back to old kind of radio where there's not a camera on me. And as comfortable as I am with a camera, because obviously I've been on camera for most of my career too, um, an unblinking eye looking at you does 
alter slightly your behavior. And so without that camera, I am, yes, I agree, more relaxed. And I must say, I'm enjoying it more myself. Um, and I also want to thank you guys. Um, you have been amazing. Uh, the editor of Pittsburgh City Paper, Lisa Cunningham, uh, tweeted this the other day. And she, believe me, this is heartfelt. So many of you have donated and become members of the paper to try to keep that paper going through this. And she tweeted this, I cannot thank Lynn Cullen and her listeners enough for their tremendous support of City Paper these past few weeks. Just today, we received three letters containing a total of $300 in the mail, each one saying how much they love Lynn. Everything sucks so bad, but my heart still grows. You are, um, that made me cry. I mean, I, you guys have literally helped keep this going and have helped keep all those folks at City Paper going as well. And it has not gone unnoticed or unacknowledged. And so thank you. And then I think to finish things up here, we just, the county just put out its latest. <sighs> okay, we now have six deaths. That's up by two from yesterday. Six deaths. 689 positive cases, uh, 101 hospitalizations. Um, so that's up to day. And that just is just going to keep guys going up and up and up and up and up, as you know. Uh, walking the dog yesterday, I saw a friend and I, from safe distance, you know, we said hello and I said, how are you? And she started to say fine and then she broke down. Um, her father is dying of this. He lived in an assisted living facility in another state, and he uh, he is in the hospital now, and uh, he ain't going to make it. Uh-uh. And what was killing her was that he's that, dying alone. Right. That's what is just killing her. And those of you who are into prayer, pray, pray for another friend of mine um, who's uh, in intensive care in New York. And, uh, and I mean, we thought he was a goner last a few days ago, but he's rallied a little bit. Um, it's just, you know, horrific. And we'll... If you don't now or yet know someone, you will, unfortunately. So I guess I ended by depressing you again. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Just everybody. Um, Be well. Just, just, just because you're doing well now, don't. This is, this is just stay in, stay in, stay in. And and everybody, be well. We'll be okay. Just stay in. Yeah. All right, Sue, thank you. Okay, bye. Appreciate it. Bye. And uh, all of you, um, again, I just uh, love you. I really do. Thank you.
and stay safe. See you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.